Hello and welcome to another episode of Little Less Conversation. In a week where we should be talking about FA Cup finals and uh, Arsenal grabbing a point off Fulham, uh, we find ourselves stuck here talking about uh, English, uh, sorry, no, English, uh, European Super League. Amar, nice of you to join me again, as always. Yeah, I mean, uh, English Super League, eh? Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to start with this, to be honest. It's... Uh... Uh, a bit of kick in the teeth today, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for most of this, as usual. <laughs> yeah, with with that in mind, uh, we brought in a we we set out the 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 bat signal and called in a few friends. Uh, so we're going to have a couple of special guests on today's episode to talk about obviously what is the most hotly talked about thing in football right now is this this European Super League, and uh, it's caused a lot of controversy already and. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear the thoughts of our guests and and yours as well, Amar, as always. <laughs> Obviously, we can't do an episode without actually talking about the most important thing, which is the football itself. So we will be doing a quick roundup at the end of uh, the FA Cup semi-finals and uh, the Premier League action from the weekend. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to the pod. Uh, it's good to have you both on. Amir has been on before. It's good to have you back, Amir. Tom, welcome first time. Uh, first championship fan to be on the pod. So, Yeah, it's about time you got some real football fans involved, isn't it really? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we've got you guys on today to discuss this new, um, new plans for a European Super League. Um, so we've got a Chelsea fan, two Arsenal fans and a, and a Forest fan. So we should get a good scope of views. Um, who wants to go first? Who wants to put their, their hat hat into the ring? Hat hands up though. What, just yeah, yeah, or nay to the whole thing. Let's go through it. Ricky, what are you with him? Uh, I'm I'm no. I'm a no. I don't, I'm not happy. Don't don't want to be a part of it. I'm gonna play a dead. I'm gonna play devil's advocate, and I'm gonna say uh, I'm I'm yeah. I'll say yeah. I'm I'm for it. Just all levels <laughs> no like. Yeah, there's not even a no's not even a good enough word, I don't think. I am no to what they've proposed, but I would be yes with some changes and I will explain. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but with what they currently have, I think is horrendous. But I think there is a path forward that we can talk about. I'm not, I'm not all against change, don't get me wrong. I think they do need to revamp some things, but um, like you said, that the proposed stuff is, is a no from me, but uh, we'll, we'll get into it in a bit more. Uh, now, but uh, Amar, you're smiling away. You're the only one who's actually said outrightly yes. You agree with it. So, do you want do you want to start by giving us your your thoughts on it? Do you know what? I'm uh, no, I, I, like going back on it. I do say I think the timing of it is bad, but I do think I think I mentioned to you guys before. I think this was this is sort of like almost inevitable. It was going to happen at some point. Um, I do think that yeah, it's happened a bit probably at the wrong time. And, and, you know, the way that it all happened all of a sudden was a bit out of the blue, because I think, I know a couple of, like, maybe about three, six months ago, we, we heard about it initially. Um, and at the time, I think we, we said, oh, yeah, it's just rumours, not going to happen. But it just sort of materialised overnight. And I think that's what shocked everyone more so. I think mean, people are, I know, I know a lot of people, a lot of fans are emotional. It's, it's a, there is a lot to it. So it's not as, as easy as uh, I'm saying I'm, I'm pro for it. I do think that, you know, as a breakaway league, do I, you know, am I against it? Probably not. I do think it's, you know, 
I prefer us uh, getting beat by Barcelona and Madrid than being beat by Fulham week in, week out. So, or someone like that. But <laughs> it's the uh, same difference, isn't it? You're still losing. No, you know, it's, I think that the difference is, I know, I, I know where you guys are probably going to, going to bite, bite at me for is, is probably the revenues and the, the fans, really. Cause uh, I think the fans' input on this is, is probably more so, if you look at it from an owner's perspective and a revenue perspective, it kind of makes sense in terms of like a European Super League is just going to give you the big boys, obviously, I'm saying big boys, I'm not talking about Spurs, but, um, you know, the, the money that's involved in it. And then I think back to also, you know, 92 when this happened with the Premier League and the changes that happened then. Um, obviously, again, that was, a, that was a pure revenue model. So, that, you know, it's, it's not like it's, it's not new, it's happened. I think the only difference is obviously... The, the way that it's set out in terms of you know no nobody's leaving it in terms of no there's no promotions no relegations at the moment I do think it's just a you know there will be changes to it uh, maybe some of them on board from what Amir says really but <laughs> so is that why you're happy then because you know you can't get relegated from European football in this format or you can't you can't miss out on European football which you guys are struggling for I think uh, do you know I'm only I'm only saying I'm happy about it it's just I think uh I think this was the way that it was going to go. And I don't, I mean, I don't think we, you know, I don't know how they, they managed to get to the, the, the big six of England getting in there. Cause I don't know if it's based on merit, it's probably, yeah, it probably should be in there. Isn't yeah, 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 exactly. Big six. Big six. <laughs> like, if you're not, I mean, if, if you want to go on European merit, merit, I mean like Forest have already got a case there, haven't they? Like they've already won more European cups than Spurs, Chelsea, Man City combined. True, so, true. I mean, and I, Arsenal as well, like, come on. <laughs> I think, we, yeah, maybe more so merit in, in the last, what, maybe decade or so. But uh, it's, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit of a tough one because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only saying I'm for it because uh, I think, well, from a fan's point of view, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the money goes within the club. But um, if it does happen, uh, I can see a sign Sancho Grealish um, by the lot become, uh, become top clubs. I don't know why it, I don't know why you're shaking your head, Ricky, because this is uh, almost like all money for what Roman did. So uh... <laughs> this is what I don't understand. Yeah, you're the first guy to go. Oh, Chelsea, Man City, you spent all the money in the world. You've bought the league. You've done this. As soon as you get some money, potential money coming in and, and guaranteed European football, you're all for it. So I, you just. I'm, I'm only saying that because uh, now because there was times where I remember maybe about a good five years ago, whatever, when Wenger was used to like, oh, FFP and, you know, UEFA, UEFA never stuck to FFP. Look at, like, you know, they, they put these guidelines out. Most clubs broke them and, not, you know, nothing happened to like PSG, City, uh, you know, constantly done it year on year. All the teams that were punished with financial fair play were all below in the Premier League. Like championship yeah, teams yeah. were absolutely crucified with financial fair play. Like Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, like all of those were absolutely destroyed. Whereas you got your PSGs, you got your Man Cities, but just spend freely. And we're getting absolutely rinsed for it. Like the restrictions are so tight, the championship clubs. Like they've got, I think the lot was like 35 million losses over three years. And they, they were getting absolutely hammered. Like, and especially now with uh, COVID, like it's just, yeah, whereas Premier League teams had so much revenue. I think I worked out in like the 18 19 season, there was over just under two and a half billion pounds went towards clubs. Those 20 clubs, they got around two and a half billion pounds. Like, you don't see that anywhere in the whole, like, football. Like, how much more money does football need? Like, it's yeah, bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, that happened when, the, you know, the model changed back in 90, 92 anyway. 
And when that model came in, it was all solely about revenues. I think that's when, you know, that's when things started to really get about money in terms of, you know, football and, and you know, splitting out the, um, I guess, the bigger fish, really. Well, it was, um, it was United and Liverpool who led the way then. And it seems to be the same case now. From what I've been reading, I, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but it seems like Chelsea and Man, Man City sort of uh, lost their backbone a little bit and um, just sort of followed suit with the other clubs. Um because they didn't want to want to miss out FOMO, mad FOMO, basically, which is just a load of bullshit, really. Uh, no one's really thought about the fans or, or the players. I mean, what player would want to get kicked out of World Cups and European Championships just to play for, just to play against Barcelona every week? Um, doesn't make sense. So it's whether or not they've all been told about it, I don't know. But um, something's something doesn't smell right to me. I don't know. It's like anything, isn't it? It's like it's it's football like football is now a business since 92 onwards like i was saying like it's always changed and you got into the later 90s and the sky sports became more dominant all the sponsorship became more dominant and football started to change and like for me the golden era kind of ended like probably to you know we had that golden period between like 2000 2010 we had some like insane players insane teams like you say it all Shapiro's, you you know even like players like Pat Ronaldo Adriano like that kind of era of proper players after that Football started to die. Then the money became more, bit like just came bigger and bigger and bigger, and like the rewards came bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the mistake we made is you look at 1998. Germany brought in this model of 50 plus one, they call it. Well, that's the so-called name for it, which is all about ownership of football clubs. So no uh, commercial investors can own more than 49 percent of a football club. The other 51 percent is the fans. fans so that 51 percent of of fans um, own that club. And they make all the decisions. So the majority of decisions are made by the fans. And you see in Germany, you've got fair prices. Um, you've got pretty much like the best average attendances in the whole world. Like football is so much better there than it is here. And all because we focus on this glory of the Premier League. And we got conned by the big men, which is includes people like Roman Abramovich, includes, you know, everyone involved with the Premier League and Sky Sports. And who suffers? All of us. Like that's the problem. And it always has been, and it's just infuriating. Now that's why I'm spending nearly five hundred pounds to go watch second division football, like, and it, you know, crap second division football as well because we're not even good. So I mean, like, it's just I've been doing that for twenty years. So it's like, come on, like, who's it well, hitting hard? If if it carries on like this, you guys might be up in the Premier League sooner than you think. To be honest with you, so yeah, I'd rather get there on merit yeah. rather than the fact that we just we keep losing teams higher above us. I mean, like, I've been waiting twenty <laughs> years. I can't be waiting anymore. Like, that's kind of the main problem, though. Like this, this lie that football now is meritocratic. Like, you know, you, we talk about the German model in 1999 or whatever, whenever, what, 98, whenever they set the 50 plus one. But all they pretty much did there was basically set a line in the sand and said, from now on, this is how football operates. All of you have to fall in line and do it this way. And that's how you end up with Bayern Munich dominating German football for 20 years, right? Because they were the big team then. They kind of drew a line in the sand and said, this is just how it's going to be from now on. And that's where they're stuck. And that's kind of what happened with us as well, right? In 1992, the economics of the game changed completely. We split away from the Football League and the 20 teams that thought that they were bringing in all the viewers to the English Football League said, we're not sharing the money with the rest of you that much. We're going to take the majority of revenue and organise our own TV deals. We're in charge now. And, you know, they welcomed in private owners. You had Man Cities and Chelsea's and like, even Blackburn's happened, right? Blackburn happened in 1998. Everyone forgets about that. But that, that's just kind of like the model that seeped into British football. 
And what happened there is when you drew that line in the sand and said, this is the way it is now, we're not starting from scratch. It's whoever was biggest then had the biggest advantage at that point. They kind of grew and they ballooned into these insane global products. That's what they are now, products, right? And you basically have two different footballs now. So the Super League teams, and this, this is why I kind of agree with the Super League, but I don't agree with the Super League where these clubs keep existing in their local leagues. They're just a different and they're different entities now. I don't see like Man United and Liverpool, Real Madrid, Barcelona. They're not the same as Ibar and Burnley. They're these global commercial brands. They're not really football clubs made for local fans, right? They even even in part of the statements today, they they were calling like the the local fans the legacy fans. That's what they, that's what they are, right? They're the legacy fans. They're the fans when we used to be football clubs, but we're now like entertainment vehicles. Our new fans are like the global fan base that we have now, and th- that's why I think currently the only way to save football from what it is now which is the same 15 20 teams in europe just winning everything by munich win the league every single year juve have won 10 years in a row by um barcelona real madrid atletico have like a monopoly on spain it's kind of happening here as well now we had a few years where it was a bit competitive but it's all kind of consolidating at the top the only way is to kind of just like chop off that limb let these kind of big huge commercial entities fuck off and go make like an nfl nba type thing where they can just play each other over and over again and kind of appease the new fans. And then whatever's left of the legacy fans in these countries, they'll have a local football, which will be smaller. It'll be a lot smaller. It won't, it won't have like, it won't be what the Premier League is now, but it will be more real to them, I guess. So there'll be two things. There'll be like the commercial globalist Super League football. And then there'll be like the, the local real football that kind of tries to maintain as much of like local fan culture as they can. Right. Because all of that's going to die with the Super League, but they don't really care. The, you're not going to have travelling fans from the UK to St. Petersburg when Zenit are part of the fifth expansion of the Super League in 2029 or whatever. That's just how the NFL and stuff works, right? It's just, it's just what's happening now is not sustainable because within the leagues, you have two products coexisting. The bigger product is just growing and growing and growing, and that gap is kind of growing with the rest. And... Although we say like, oh, there's the romance of like a Leicester winning the league once every 30 years. And how, how amazing is that? We're never going to have that again. But it's just like, is it, will they? Like, will that happen again? Like, if this keeps, if, if the gap keeps growing and growing and growing, will, they, will another team get that lucky? Like a team that has billionaire and is from Thailand, by the way. Like, like, is that like what we want football to be in this country? I don't know. Do, do you think though that you're saying there's no that Leicester thing might not happen again, but this season is is another season where odd things have happened. West Ham pushing for top four. Leicester are up there as well again. Obviously, they have got billionaire owners, but they don't inject that much cash into the into the team as much as Chelsea or Man City. Do you think this season is an indicator that things are changing, with, with especially with Arsenal languishing down? I'm not even saying it as an in, insult, but with them languishing down mid-table, yeah, and Spurs as well. Spurs are down there. Just sat Mourinho as well. So they're going through managers like like hotcakes at the moment. But does that not tell you that there is it is still competitive? I mean, we call the Premier League the best best league in the world, and that's because every week is exciting. Chelsea could go out and lose to West Brom 5-2 one week and then beat Man City the next. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that's entirely right. What I think, though, is that is that really competitive? West Ham finishing fourth, why is that something that's being celebrated now? Why shouldn't West Ham ever have the expectation to try and win the Premier League? That's never going to happen, by the way. Then West Ham are never going to win the Premier League. But they might finish top four and they can celebrate that. And that's fantastic. That's what football is now. Top four is literally a trophy. I think that's shit. I'm sorry. Like, but we're saying that the league is competitive, but Man City are winning it. Like, they're just going to win it with like a 20-point yeah, yeah. gap as well. 
it, it, there's no competitiveness when it's split, isn't it? Like you, you split with your top teams. And I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like if a European Super League means that we, you know, cut off the effectively the cancer that is these top teams that are like effectively, you know, destroying English football. And that means that we can make radical changes to develop English football into being competitive, being entertaining, being that level again, then let's do it. But, you know, if not, we're just stuck with the same old, like, issue of just, you know, like you say, this is constant domination by, like, the monopolies of, you know, the billionaire owners spending all this money on there. And it's just like, yeah, those teams will never be able to compete, like, properly. Yeah, you might have that one-off season with Leicester, which would just happen because all the top teams are in a complete mess at that time. Like, as soon as those teams are performing, no one can even touch them. And, yeah, like I say, if that means we have to get rid of them, you know, they'll all go to the Super League. Let's be honest, most of the players won't go. You'll get a few idiots like they did with the Chinese Super League that will probably pop over there, play there for a bit, earn a stupid amount of money, and everyone will forget about them. And then give us the opportunity to transform our like, league system and just turn around and be like, yeah, right, well, let's start changing the financial structure of England. Let's start looking at supporting the clubs, supporting the fans, rather than this multi-million, billion-pound business that it's now become. You know. These are things I think again it goes back to timing because I think if you look at this, if this was you know a year on and that's when it gets and it comes out and you know in the middle of a pandemic and you know especially with the struggle of the you know the lower league teams and you know you know smaller teams going in almost into you know almost bust or into non-existence really, I mean that's where the issue arises also because I think you know I know it's it's obviously a big big thing and obviously it's going to change you know potentially change the way that we look at English football but at the same time. Timing-wise, if, if this is a year later, two years down the road, things are a bit back on track, you know, would, this, would you be able to see as much of an outcry? Probably not, I don't think. I think the reason that there's such a big outcry is that that myth of any team can win and, like, enter the Champions League and, like, be successful as a meritocracy, that's so widespread that people actually think that could happen to their club. They, they, like, the, a, a team in the Championship can get promoted to the Premier League they can dream that one day they'll get promoted to the Premier League even though generally it's the same few teams going up and down over and over again the same way it's the same few teams going up and down over and over again to the Champions League they, they think that that dream is alive but the reality just hasn't sunk in and that it's not right and this kind of perpetuating this like Reaganomics like trickle down the wealth will trickle down so the, the fans are coming in to see the really big teams from across the world but you know because Burnley's playing against them they're going to get some money and they can use that money to build their way up well, they're never going to catch up because those big teams are making a much, much more money from all the different sponsorships and things that they have that aren't even coming to those lower clubs because broadcast revenue is not the be all and be all and end all, right? But I just think that's what we have now is shit. Like mm-hmm. since what we had since 1992, this was the logical next step, and the logical conclusion is not even what they proposed what they proposed is genuinely ridiculous though this like super league where they earn all this money but they're still playing domestically so that way i think it's ridiculous right because the domestic league is just going to get wrecked but having a closed off like nba nfl like system where these lot can just do their thing and create like a product for everyone that's one thing as an arsenal fan i really hate it by the way because we're just gonna get bad every week for like the next 20 years But, but, but a good preseason for it, you find it. Like. <laughs> yeah, right. but, um, yeah, yeah, but it's just like so, something has to change. To be honest, like w- the options for change are either t- strip every club of their assets, ban transfers, and let everyone start again from scratch with w- not having what they previously had, which is de- literally never going to happen, or you have to kind of 
decide a cutoff point, get rid of these like mega clubs, and then the rest can reorganize and make it better. I don't, I don't know. That's the only way I can see it improving. Well, I mean, the, the only issue is with like trying to move forward is I think we're negating the fact that you know we've got the, you know the Premier League, the FA, um, UEFA, FIFA, all in this moral high ground thing at the minute. Saying like, oh, you know, what you're doing, you're destroying our beautiful game. It's like you are the people that made it unbeautiful. Like you are the people that have put us in this situation. This is the reason why this is happening. So you know, don't try and like try and sweep up all the shit that you've made. Like you've put us in this situation. So like now, actually sit down and start making some radical changes how you do things. The only reason you're annoyed and they're going on this like, oh, it's all about the football. It's all about the football. No, it's all about that you're going to lose shitloads of money out of this. Like, give all those big teams, they're the reason why all this revenue is in football because of these big teams. And that's what causes this, you know, football tourism and, you know, this madness for like, oh, the Premier League, it's amazing. It's like, no, not really. Like, I watch Championship football all the time. To be honest with you, most of the time now, especially with things like VAR, give me Championship football every day of the week. It's sometimes horrific to watch. It is painful. And yeah, I've been used to it for the last 20 years, but it is like, is more entertaining because there is a bit more. But even then, that kind of poison is still starting to filter down into this league and below. And it's it is just taking over football. No, we, we we come on every week and we talk about VAR. There's always issues with VAR it takes to find out the game. So I couldn't agree more. I'd probably enjoy watching Forest every weekend more than watching Arsenal <laughs> or Chelsea. Probably won't, mate, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, turned me into a raging alcoholic for the last 20 years like, <laughs> and that's when I was the age of seven so I mean <laughs> I think I remember I seen a tweet today um, and it was like I think you know you saw where football went downhill is when they renamed Highbury and it became Emirates Stadium and that's when you knew you know at that point you just knew you know the old way of football is it was gone so I mean yeah. you know I'm only again that's just going back to it is that I'm only for it because I do think it was inevitable that this was going to happen anyway so um I just, yeah, obviously timing is bad, but, and obviously the way they set it out is bad, but it's always, you know, there's going to be changes to it. It's not going to be set in stone to what they've, they've initially said. Um, and, you know, and I think that's probably the way it's, it's going to go. And I, I'd be interested to see the ramifications for, for the clubs that are involved now. Like, you know, the ones that do have, you know, European titles, the ones like Liverpool and Chelsea, I, I do hope that they get stripped of them there. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'll take that because we'll be then be the most successful English team. So I'll be sound. I'll take that every day of the week. But no, I, I think See, the real question is: is what do you like the three of you as fans of these clubs? Like, where do you go? Like, let's let's give two hypothetical scenarios. Let's say, all right, it goes to plan. They all go off and do this. Like, do you then follow them and support them blindly, um, or do you actually like stand up and go right? You know, because you're in a very difficult situation. Or let's say that you know they then expel um, all these six teams from the Premier League. And from English football, then what do you do? I mean, like, there's a lot of problems with football right now. There's a lot of things I don't like. I don't like the fact that we're the Emirates and we've got an official betting partner, an official drinks partner, an official tractor partner, and all the commercialization that we have now. But I still watch and I still support Arsenal. To be honest, if they did make a Super League, I watch a lot of football anyway. I would probably watch all the Super League games. So that's the honest truth of it. Like, that would be the football on. I support Arsenal my whole life. I'm not going to stop watching that. Um, I'd still watch the English game as well, like the same way I watch the championship now. I'd still watch the Premier League or whatever's left of it and see what's going on there. But honestly, like I, I think or I've already kind of grown out of that kind of blind support for, for, for a football club anyway. Like I do support a team and they're the, my favorite team that I like talking about and watching. Mm-hmm. But like this, like the, the old type of like super dedicated fandom, dedicate yourself to a team that 
is legacy fandom and i think that has just been pushed out of these clubs right they don't want they don't, they don't want it like the owners of these clubs don't even want that it's bad for their product it, yeah. it's bad to have associations of like ultras and lads going up and down the country getting drunk on trains and fighting people that's just that's not what they want but yeah that's how i see it yeah and i think that's like it and that's a valid point i do think but then i think the generation of like haven't fans been just been priced out of it i mean like i said earlier it cost me 500 quid to go watch like lower championship football at the minute um you know it, it's costing like 30 quid a match ticket you know you go to like get season tickets to these big clubs it's like a thousand pounds like what are you doing like yeah. what, you know we've let football get so far out of control that we've just let you know nothing's been put in place to stop it and you're stuck here and you price the fans out of the game to the point where we are now just sitting there watching games on TV. And I think this last year, especially for someone like myself, it goes to the majority of Forest matches. Um, for, yeah, like say 20 years, like it's, that's been my whole life watching that. But even I sit there and I've had to make some really tough choices, you know, for this next coming season. Do I still go? Because part of me is thinking, actually, to be honest, I'd rather just go sit and watch a non-league team for a year. Go put my money somewhere where it actually matters. Like, I don't want to be paying for a Sky Sports subscription. I don't want to pay for a BT Sports because I don't want to fund... Well, it's something we've all been guilty of funding for the last, you know, for our whole entire lives. And it's, you know, where do you go with that? Like, do you want to then be a part of something that's destroying the game? But then we could argue we've already, we've already done that damage. So. Yeah, again, I think, you know, going back to uh, Arsenal, you know, they have, I think, the, the most expensive season ticket. And uh, there's no real yeah. grounds to justify that. So uh, I think, you know, you can see, you can probably understand why fans will be like, look, if I pay... £1,500 for a season ticket at Arsenal, um, especially with not the legacy fans, but the, you know, the, the sort of more so modern fans, you know, they want to watch good football and they want to watch big teams and they don't, you know, they don't, they don't want to pay £1,500 to watch Arsenal draw it out with Fulham, um, you know, and, and that's not, that's not anything to, against Fulham. It's just, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's the way of fans thinking. So, you know, when, would, would, uh, would I go to the Emirates Stadium and watch Arsenal, Atletico Madrid or Arsenal, I don't know, Real Madrid, whoever it is, probably so. Uh, would I support it? Would I watch it? Probably. And would I celebrate if we won it? Probably. So, or, you know, not won it, but, you know, win it. But, you know, whatever the end product of that is, because I don't know if you get a trophy or a medal or 3.6 billion or whatever it is. I'm not sure yet. But... Arsenal, Arsenal definitely won't be winning it. So there's there's no point speculating on that front. So Arsenal won't win it, yeah. But the London Red Gunners, yeah. We're going to win it. We're gonna win five rings. We're gonna get rings. That's that's what you're gonna get, Amar. It's not Chelsea anymore. We're gonna get rings. Listen, we can rebrand as London Red Gunners, and you know we can have the actual Arsenal with our youth academy playing Premier League football uh, on the weekends. You know, it's just uh, I don't think I don't think the two work. By the way, like you say, I don't think you can have a European Super League and a Barclays Premier League uh, on the weekend um, running in, in tandem. It doesn't work. It, it definitely won't work. I don't think it's ever meant to work. I think it's more of a that was kind of more of a let's meet in the middle ground kind of thing and let's just go right right yeah. Well, yeah we'll do this you know we'll still be involved in the Premier League you still got all the revenue and then in a couple of years they'll just complete a shaft and just you know walk away but yeah I, I just I just can't fathom it I just you know you sit there and but then that's the problem because fans will still follow it fans will still watch it and that's the reason they know it's going to work and that's why they're sitting there blindly going well it's still going to happen the TV companies will still go for it everyone's still going to do it. So it's like, that's where they're going to win. Um, but yeah, again, we'll all lose out because it probably costs us more to watch it. There's such a difficult decision to make because you follow these these clubs for 
however many years now, like 20 plus years, um, we're not new fans coming into it. So we've been there through the thick and the thin. And uh, before the glory days, before the money, I supported Chelsea. So I kind of want to stick with my club throughout it all. But at the same time, do I want to see it to go, go to that extent? But um, if it did totally disband, I probably would watch it. Um, who doesn't want to watch the best football in the world? I mean, we do it at the moment with Champions League anyway. I'll sit there and yeah. watch even the games that don't even mean anything to me. I'll sit there and watch it because it's, it's the best football you're going to see in the, on the planet. So it's a tough decision. But um, yeah, if it came down to it, I probably would end up watching it, unfortunately. But uh, wouldn't stop me from maybe looking into a more of a, a local team, maybe a Brentford to, to rival the... The, the well, mighty forest, I don't know. Barnet. Yeah, there's not much rival there, mate. <laughs> I mean, you, you said <laughs> thick and thin. I don't think you, you boys even know the meaning of thick and thin. <laughs> like, when you've watched us go down to, like, League One and we start playing Colchester away and they start hammering us 3-0, then you know what the low is. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's definitely, like, sorting it out. Not like, oh, we finished 12th, you know, mid-table in the uh, Premier League once we had Jimmy Floyd Aspang scoring 20 goals for us. It's like, oh, okay, that was all right. When you, when you said <laughs> thick, and, thick and thin, I thought you were talking about your hair, man. Sorry. Yeah, we all know about that. <laughs> I feel like your intelligence levels are pretty fine. Don't worry. <laughs> That's what I mean when I say it's two different products, right? One product is watching, I think product is kind of like a shit way of saying it, but it is just what it, it's two different things, right? One is watching like the best players in the world, Bayern Munich versus PSG last week. Like probably millions of people around the world saw that. And that's just, you're watching for like football and seeing the best players and flashy stuff happening. And the other one is kind of like the, the community fan base, go down to the game on a Saturday with your mates at 3 p.m., have a couple of pints, watch a game, have a hot dog after you go pub after and talk about it. That's, that, 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 I feel like that's two different things, right? One is like yeah. an activity that you're doing with your community. And the other one is like this big flashy thing that you're just watching and looking at on TV. And it's like, holy shit, Neymar just did 10 step overs and did a backhill flick to Di Maria, who just headed it into the goal. It's crazy. So it's just, that's what's happened, right? Like all of the best players are concentrated in these teams. They're doing crazy shit. And then you have these other teams where it's more about the act of like enjoying it with your friends as opposed to just... You know, oh my god, the football second. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's true, isn't it? Like, it's and don't get wrong. You know, if that's what we separate out, and it means that, like, for me, going to football is not just watching the football match. Like, I'll go there. You know, I'm gonna be in the pub at midday. Go see like the group of people that I go with. Like, we all sit there together, talk about football half an hour before the game, get ridiculously over optimistic, and then lose two 0 at home to like Birmingham. Um, and then go to the pub afterwards and cry into a pint and then realise that, you know, we waste our lives doing this, but we still enjoy it. But yeah, like it is, it's more of a social thing and it's, you know, it's an element that, you know, you always want. And that's why I kind of considered potentially looking at going to like a non-league, knowing that my money's going somewhere else. And it's that kind of moral side of it. But like, don't get me wrong, if, if people want to go off and these big clubs want to go off and do their own little franchise thing, you know, that they can show all over the world and do it, I don't care. Off you go. Like, you know, have your little fun over there, have your commercial thing. It will probably collapse in a few years anyway, especially when they start banning players from playing for national team. Um, but yeah, at least that means Matty Cash is guaranteed in the Euro squad. So I'll be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what kind of effect do you think it will have on the lower leagues and in the, the, the Championship, League One, League Two? Do you think oh, it will have a massive them. effect on that? Yeah, it'll absolutely destroy them. Because uh, the thing is, you've got to remember that, as it was mentioned earlier, like the money's not filtering down that much but it's filtering down more than you think. Like you look at the League Cup and the FA Cup, like all the money and the revenue they get from that, like that's massive. You know, even like parachute payments, how that's affected teams and kind of, you know, even like a, if you're a team like a Brentford, if Brentford go up and spend one year in the Premier League, the amount of money they'll get from that one year in the Premier League, like you finish bottom of the prep, 
you get a bare minimum of about 90, I think the lowest you can use gets roughly about 90 million in one season, just for being in the Prem, through TV revenue, through the equal um, share that they all get um, and all the other commercial stuff they what get. Do they, what do they call the um, the winners of the playoff? Isn't it the biggest... Uh... Is it the biggest? Yeah, it's the biggest prize in football. Yeah, prize in football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meant to be. It's they say it's worth hundred million. You don't necessarily get hundred million straight up. It's but in the you have that year with yeah. the Prem. Yeah, you, you get that hundred mil, and it's and and that transforms teams, but it fills down like it goes all the way down. You know, like I said, the EFL released a statement today about a couple of hours ago talking about how, um, you know, like say the League Cup filters down all that finances that the clubs get from competing in there uh, for prize money. You know, all of that will change. You know, you lose, you lose all that revenue stream from the top teams. It will affect lower teams. And, you know, these teams already struggled anyway. Like, these teams are in dire situations. You've got so many teams like Berry, for example, went out of business. Bolton were so close. And you had other teams in the past, like your Darlingtons and those kind of teams that are all now, I mean, luckily they're, you know, reforming and making their own fan-based own teams. But why, why are we in this situation? Like, why are we sitting here in a situation where these teams are absolutely getting decimated? Um, because of the way we've let the sport go and it's but yeah 100% Ricky it's going to filter down it's going to absolutely ruin the footballing pyramid um, and yeah I think the ramifications are, like I said to you earlier today that, you know there always should have been something like a, a football tax like they should have been looking at mm-hmm. you know that two you know that just under two and a half billion uh, pounds of revenue in the Premier League why is that not being filtered down why are we not you know saying a percentage of that has to be spread all the way down to like level 10 of the football pyramid you know, let's support these non-league clubs that, you know, they've not been able to play football last year. And, you know, them playing football is how they keep alive. I mean, I think the main thing is when you look at the effects of, like, how it will be in, like, non-league teams. Like, my uncle used to be uh, a secretary at Cotton Town Football Club for, like, four years before he passed away. And down there, like, he did everything. He's, like, grassroots football and, well, basically Mr. Grassroots Football is probably the best way to describe him. And, like, the money they get from playing games, which they've not been able to do for the last like 12 months you know whereas everyone else have been able to play behind closed doors but the clubs that really need the fans there have not been able to even get the games recorded and you know paid by fans and, and they suffer and you know this goes ahead all those teams will suffer again and we just keep losing football clubs for the sake of the business that's all it is yeah I think that's the, that's a big issue I mean grassroots football is going to be affected massively I mean it's already probably not, not doing so well anyway uh, like you said with COVID and but this is just going to be another another nail in the coffin, really, and it's going to affect it's going to affect the leagues higher up. You're going to see less English players actually making it, and uh, there's not that many that do anyway. They all get to a certain point in their career, and then they get sent back down to the lower leagues and stuff. And a lot of them don't. I know they're trying to improve the qualifications they get and stuff like that now with with the footballing side of stuff, yeah. but a lot of them don't don't get that side of of the edu- of education. So when they come out of football, they don't have anything to do. Uh, so it's a very, very dangerous side to the game. And there's a lot of mental health issues to it as well that come with it. So it's, it's not looking too good, but, uh, but yeah. One of the things I think that will happen is that all of these kind of mid I mean, like lower Premier League, upper championship teams that have been leveraging the prospective, like broadcast revenue that they'll get from this promotion, that, that money that's being paid into the Premier League because of these big clubs, they'll suddenly go missing if they go out they're going to need a big period of adjustment where they're going to feel pain because of all the debt they've accumulated trying to chase that dream. So there's like, we talked about like that dream of becoming the team that gets promoted and being the next Leicester. Yeah. Right? There's so many teams that have over leveraged themselves. or got into a shitload of debt 
there's so many like ticking time bomb Portsmouth out there. Portsmouth and Bury is where because they've been so mismanaged and because they've basically put all of it into chasing that dream, when the Premier League money sort of dries up because of the Super League, there's going to have to be like some kind of period adaption. I don't know what they're going to do in this, in this proposal. They talked about some solidarity payments thing where a percentage of the Super League money will go back to like the national leagues. I don't know if it will be enough, but yeah, these because of what's been going on so kind of unchecked for the last 20, 30 years, a lot of teams have put themselves into like a lot of danger. Just, just because, like, oh, it'll be fine. The, the Premier League will always exist. COVID won't happen. Like, five years ago, who the hell thought that would happen? Like, we'll just keep going. The trickle-down payments will keep coming and we'll be fine. Like, we can just keep spending the way we spend. Eventually, we'll make it and then we'll make it all back mm. in one go. You've hit the nail on the head, really, because, like, there's so many teams right now that are suffering. Like, Derby are in the position they are now because, you know, how they try to, like, go gun-ho for the, you know, uh, to get to the Premier League. We did it a few years ago. And, and it is also down to terrible, like, um, rich foreign owners that are coming in and absolutely ruining these clubs as well, making some horrendous decisions. But like I said, they're all just going this gun house, get to the Premier League. As you mentioned earlier, like, you get into that Premier League, you pretty much guarantee 100 million. And, you know, and that's, that literally transforms a football club. You know, never mind the parachute payments on top of that you can get for coming straight back down again. Like, yeah, 100%. And I think the whole restructure is needed of the financial system, if anything changes. I mean, it's needed anyway, so. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, is that, if football is a business now, and it is a business now, is that a sustainable business model, depending on revenue generated by these top teams are bringing in global viewers because they're selling a different product? Is kind of being at the bottom and trying to scoop up any cash that falls down just by association and playing against these teams a sustainable business model for the long term? Probably not. And why, why do they do it? Because of the prospect of more money, the, the greed that's through, like the entire football pyramid is just something that's going to have to change, right? Like what my hope would be is if a Super League happened and these teams kind of separated and went off their own ways, what's left after a period of transition would become a lot more sensible and a lot more sustainable. And I think the opposite of what Ricky said would happen, which is I think we'd see a lot more English players. If, 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 if teams had less money and they could attract fewer of the world's top stars, why would a team from France? Why would a player from France come to come to England just to earn maybe a little bit more, probably the same amount because th- that big six is gone, right? And that probably means more chances for local players, which might be a good thing, right? But that's kind of like a long term, like 20, 30 year thing. Probably in the short term, there'd be what no what point. I meant was you wouldn't see English players at the top of the game as much. I don't think. Um, I mean, you look at some of the stars they have. Right now, you've got the Rashfords, the Canes. These guys are at, at, at the top of the game. Like Kane is undoubtedly one of the best strikers in the world. If a Super League comes about, what happens to the international setup as well? Do you take solely from the Premier League side of the game or do you take from the Super League side of the game? They're going to have to set up totally different things. Players, They're talking about getting players banned from international teams and competitions and stuff like that. So there's a whole load of ramifications that come along with it and I mean would you really want to watch an an England team that's well England never perform anyway to be honest with you so it doesn't make much difference but uh, what happens to international football does that all die as well because you've seen how it gets in this country when there's ever a World Cup or Euros everyone seems to get behind a team and when they did they did well what a few few years back in the semis so things were looking up on that front as well but where does it go from here um, again, it's more questions to be answered in, hopefully in, in the next few months. I think again, yeah. I saw a tweet, I think it's the Madrid chief exec and he's or something like that. And he's uh, 
if if they decide to ban our, our international players, then we'll just make our own international competition or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, uh... Well, you got that um, Kanifa. Have you ever heard of that? that? The uh, it's basically like a, a football federation for teams that aren't recognised by FIFA. So, like, I think uh, South was it South Yorkshire or Yorkshire have got a team. Cornwall have got a team. Oh, okay. <laughs> Catalonia have got a team yeah. in there. But then, obviously, like most of them, more like politically divided ones, like Catalonia. Um, there's like a few from like districts in like Russia and Ukraine and stuff as well. Um, and then like um, there's an area of Somalia or some stuff that's got like um, a team there that aren't recognised by FIFA, and they have their own little World Cups each year. So I mean, it's not something that's impossible that you know that could happen, especially with you know they will have a ridiculous amount more funding compared to uh, um, you know let's say if they try to get like a more of a dominant bigger structure. So you know you'd have more players that could actually potentially do that. That would actually does have some legs, but yeah. I I like some... the um, you know how it's a closed competition. I wonder. I mean, again, I wonder if there's a an opportunity to have that as a almost you know if you finish bottom three or something like that, you get relegated back down to your to your national league, and then you know the the, the winner of that year's national league goes up for the next season or something like that. A bit like yeah. a another qualification step kind of thing. Just to I think that would be the whole purpose, right? Like the whole, the whole point of this is these teams are there not because they're good. It's not because they've won European Cups. These teams are there because these are the teams that the people across the world want to watch, right? Like having the risk of Real Madrid dropping down for a season and losing that revenue. And then, I don't know, like Real Betis finessing it and coming up. Yeah. <laughs> losing that, that kind of defeats the whole point of what they're trying to do. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be very like the um, like MLB kind of American style of like, this is the World Series with teams just from America. That's exactly yeah. what it'll be. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's all they're looking for. Uh, is that franchise, like we mentioned earlier, uh, th- that's all it is. It's all revenue. There's no there's no alternative motive to it. It's just money and greed. Can't even begin to think about stuff like would they introduce drafts then and how would you, how would transfers work? Would it be like the shittest team in the league gets the best player from the top team and stuff like that? How would it work? You, can, can, that's, that's how it, the NBA works. Essentially, the shittest team gets yeah. the first pick and they can pick the best player in the league or whatever it is. And, and would there be trades? Would it be transfer fees? But how does it work? Mm, I, I think, think if they're going to ban international players, you're just going to be stuck with like, like who, who would actually, you know, if let's say you wait for and FIFA actually, you know, put the money where the mouth is um, and, you know, go forward with, like, making these bans, stopping these players from going, you know, and these teams are then still adamant that these players, you know, if they're naive enough to think the players will then still follow. Some idiots will, like I said, with the Chinese Super League where you had, like, Jackson Martinez and all those kind of players that oh, yeah. went over to the league. Um, I don't always think of him straight away because he always just irritated me. Because um, he was on, like, 400 grand a week and he did nothing. And it was like, you're going to have that where a few idiots will go over but then how are they going to fill out the rest of the squad because so many of those players will stay try and stay and play elsewhere because they're like well you know it's like exactly it'd be a mix I think there'll be a mix but there'll be some players who'll be sitting there going you know like I probably want to play for England like because you know you grow up as a, as a kid like that's exactly. the only thing you think about is playing, playing for England or, like playing for your national side or you know I mean the only problem is you'd then be stuck with a new generation of kids growing up saying I want to play in the Super League like yeah. and, and that's where it gets dangerous I doubt, I mean, I think if a, if a team, like if it's say Arsenal join, you know, we go forward with the Super League, I, I doubt many players will, will would try and say, I think most of them will stay and be like, yeah, I'm going to play in the Super League. I don't think, I don't see there's a reason for any of them to say, right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, drop down or, you know, go to another team, for example. Um, I, I do just think that they'll just get on with it. And, and part of the reason will be that they'll get some bumper contracts as well. You know, it won't just be, 
you know they'll, they'll, they'll request look I'm, I'm paying the suit in the you know this European Super League you're going to pocket this amount of money you know all these all these all the players that aren't going to be on the wages are on now they're going to be on even higher inflated wages not not as if they're not high enough already but um yeah I do see that as as a as something that's going to happen how much more money do they need <laughs> like yeah, most of them are already on like 300 grand a week like yeah. what do you need to get to 500 like it's pointless I mean, that, that's exactly, I mean, we let this happen when, you know, we let all these commercially minded international, you know, these, these CEOs of our clubs and uh, the investors into our clubs come into, into the club and take over really. Cause you know, I think I, 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 saw, I shared a tweet with Ricky earlier today and it's like, you know, you're letting these pay, these investors come in and all they care about is money. What do you think they were going to do? They're just going to be happy. You know, if they have a chance to make more money, of course they're going to do it. So, you know, I think that's, you know, that's essentially what's happened really. I, I think that that threat of not having international football from UEFA and FIFA is their last tool. You have to remember these two are two of the most corrupt organizations in the world, right? Like FIFA's literally hosting a World Cup in guitar in oh, the winter yeah. built yeah. on slave labor. They do not give a fuck about fans. They're doing this because they've been cut out and they're not receiving the money from this. This is their last threat of saying either include us and give us a share of, of this money that you guys are going to be generating or this is our threat. I don't think they'll go through with it. They won't tank their own World Cup and not include the best players. They won't tank the Euros and not include the best players yeah, from the exactly. best team just, just, just for this. I think one of the positives of, of this happening could be just that UEFA and FIFA stop existing. That would be like a, a positive thing in my opinion. One of the benefits of like the NBA NFL model is the fact that the clubs organize and facilitate their own league. Well, the franchises. The franchises in the NFL run the NFL and they pick a commissioner every year. It's a bit more democratic. I don't see the reason why FIFA and UEFA have to continue to have a monopoly on international football for eternity, right? Like, I, they haven't... All they've proven over the last 20 years is that they're evil, corrupt organisations who will do anything to fuck over anyone else just to make a profit, right? Yeah. But we'll, we'll see We'll see which group of profiteering billionaires wins out. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think the, the sad thing is whoever wins, the fans lose. And, you know, the loyal fans yeah, lose really at the end of the day. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I think we'll we'll try and wrap things up there, guys, unless you guys have anything pressing that you want to you wanna get out before we, we call it a day. No? Just want to say a big yeah, thank you to, to Amir and Tom for joining us today. It's great to have you back, Amir. Tom, thank you for coming on for your first time. And uh, we'll be sure to get you both on at some point soon, hopefully once we have a bit more information on this, this new Super League. But yeah. And hopefully when we've had haircuts, that'll be good. Let's see. Yeah. Speak <laughs> <laughs> <Leave> for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ricky, uh, another final for you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, had we spoken about this game on the weekend when it actually happened, I probably would have been a lot more a lot more gassed, a lot more excited, a lot happier. Uh, obviously, a lot has happened since then, but we'll, we'll stick to the to the football. And uh, I must say, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the result and the performance from Chelsea. And uh, I was very worried beforehand, very pessimistic, very negative, thought we were going to lose... And uh, I thought we, we nullified City really well and uh, got the all-important goal that won the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I did watch the game. I had a nice couple of couple of drinks with it as well. So, uh, you know, it would have been nice to watch it together. But, you know, uh, I wouldn't want you to celebrate in my face. So uh, we'll keep the, the social distancing still. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like you'd be a bad luck charm anyway. So I'm glad I didn't watch it with you. 
No, I know. I think, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think Chelsea, you guys did play really well. Um, I'm actually a bit disappointed by Guardiola's selection. It seemed, I mean, you know, the, he made, I think it was something like seven or eight changes. Um, and, you know, it looked like a team that didn't gel together, you know. And, and I know, look, it's, the thing is, yeah, I get rotation, but, you know, it's a semi-final. You have the chance to go to the final. They've been talking about this big city quadruple. And, uh, you know, he fields a team, which I personally think it was a weak Man City team. Yeah, you could say that. But then at the same time, you look at some of the names that were on the pitch. They had Diaz and Laporte at centre-back. They had De Bruyne was on the pitch. OK, he went off injured in the second half. But they had Sterling was there. Jesus was there. You know, like, so it's not a weak side. I mean, true, they should have caused us more trouble than they did. And uh, we limited them to, like, pot shots and and sort of the odd header, header here and there. So... I don't know. I thought we just did really well defensively, like set up, organised really well and um, had a clear game plan to hit them on the counter, which they couldn't deal with. They couldn't deal with Werner and, and Ziyech's pace. Yeah, there was a couple of uh, tight off cycles and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I think Werner, I know uh, he played, he did play quite well, I think. I think uh, for a head down chicken runner, he was, he was, uh, he was doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought, yeah, I thought he had a really good game and he worked his socks off, you know, tirelessly making runs. The amount of times that he made the run and the ball wasn't played as well, which I thought was was frustrating for me to see and frustrating for him as well, obviously being on the pitch doing all the running. But, um, you know, Ziyech scored a goal in the first half that was ruled out for offside, which is identical to the goal that he scored, the winner that he scored. And I think Pulisic as well was just off for a goal that was ruled out as well. So, yeah, we found their weakness and we exploited it and uh, onto the final now. And uh, well, if we have, if we ever make it there, but fingers crossed, you know, we get to play. It and, uh, we'll I don't know if, you, if you'll get thrown out of the uh, the domestic competition or not, but uh, yeah, that'd be brilliant. Just award the winner to uh, to Leicester. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought, you know, going back to the game, I thought Sterling was, uh, he was awful. I think I've ever seen him play so bad in a City shirt. Yeah, he was bad, man. And he had a few chances where he just blazed it over the crossbar and stuff like that. And just, yeah, on another day you feel that those would have gone in and uh, it would have been a different story. But yeah, we did, we did well. I thought I thought we deserved to win that game. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And uh, I'm hoping here's to a, a Jamie Vardy hat-trick against Chelsea in the final because I can see that happening too. It's fine. If he scores three, we'll score four. That's, that's all I care about. <laughs> I, don't, I very highly doubt it, but... <laughs> Obviously, so that was the FA Cup. So it's a Chelsea-Leicester final. Um, I, I don't know if you really want to talk about the Premier League after your your exploits this weekend. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the saving grace of, of us drawing to, to Fulham is that it probably won't matter anymore. But um, no, no, in, I think, you know, it was in all honesty, it was pretty flat game. And again, a bit surprised by the selection. He, like, you know, he rested Pepe and Party. I don't think this is a game that they need to be rested for, for, in all honesty. I mean, I know there's a lot of games coming up, but, you know, I think, I mean, El Neni, Ceballos, Xhaka in a flat midfield kind of, you know, I know Xhaka's been left back still, but uh, it just didn't work really. And I thought, you know, Saka didn't have his best of games and, and Lacazette, who went off uh, with an injury, it's, it all fell apart. But, you know, the, the saving grace of that, again, is that, you know, the point that we nicked by uh, by a good goal, well, not even a good goal, <laughs> an Enketia, typical Enketia goal, 
uh, means that Fulham are most likely going to get relegated. So happy days. <laughs> I mean, that's one one less relegation rival to worry about, right? <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. There's a uh, couple Same of tight, couple of tight offside calls in the game. Uh, a couple of decisions that went. And, and normally, you know me, I've got a thing to say a bit about controversy and whatnot, but I do think they were the right decisions both times. So, hey, That's not what you were saying to me on Sunday. I know, I know. I had to think about it. I've come back to to realism. You know, in the heat of the game, I was uh, <laughs> I was moaning about diving and uh, how, how, how that was pen was given. But can I ask you something? I don't know if you noticed this, but I think VAR have stopped like, showing the replays like, for, for fans. Because I've noticed it in a couple of games now. Like, you don't even see like what they're looking at properly. Okay, my, my, I think I saw a few on the weekend, like even in your game. I don't know. Maybe they've reduced it or maybe they've just stopped showing it on your TV because they know what you're like. <laughs> they, still, they, they don't want me to go and shoot my mouth off about uh, corrupt refereeing. This is just the first step to stopping Amar Shah. Eventually, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what they're going to do next, man. Listen, we've gone from corrupt refereeing to, uh, I don't even know, corrupt owners and corrupt <laughs> FIFA, corrupt UEFA. So there's, there's a lot of corrupt here. Yeah, man. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that too loudly. I'd, I'd watch your back. You know, this isn't. This isn't good. You don't. You don't want Florentino Perez turning up at your doorstep with a with a rifle or something. And just go corrupt the femme as well. Chabadi G. Obviously, elsewhere there were a few big results as well. Um, one being Newcastle getting a win over West Ham. They got Joe uh, Willock. Hey. Yeah, Joe. Joe Willock with the winner. It's a great header and uh, does us a, a nice favour as well in terms of top four. And yeah, so I'm happy with that result. I don't even want to talk about it anymore because, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um, elsewhere, United picked up an easy win and cemented their top four place. And obviously uh, the Friday night game was Spurs against Everton, which is uh, in hindsight quite a big result because it was in the two-all. Um, obviously we've been hearing news that... Uh, Jose Mourinho's got been sacked uh, as the manager of Spurs. Yeah, uh, and do, do you know what? I, I can't say I, I'm surprised. You know, uh, <laughs> if you see the way that I think, especially on, on social media, you can see uh, even Tottenham fans just annoyed by the way that the team's playing, just so like defensive, not attacking, not getting the results they wanted. I'm actually very well. The one bit I am surprised about is they've done it in the week where they've got the the League Cup final, where you think Mourinho's probably your best bet to win you a trophy in, in this way, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially with the team they have, um, it's just going to d- disrupt things now. Uh, random take, 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 random caretaker manager coming in. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, Ryan Mason as the caretaker manager for now. No, nah, I saw that, but I thought it was, at first I thought it was bullshit, but it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sacking Mourinho for Ryan Mason—that is a big downgrade. <laughs> a weird one, and. and yeah, I don't know. We'll see how they do. I don't think they'll win. I think City will want to bounce back from the Chelsea defeat at Wembley and uh, they'll want to win their first cup of the season and uh, maybe their last in you know, the Premier League. Who knows? <laughs> I do want to say, though, uh, you know, Mr Mourinho, I remember, do you remember his famous words, what he had for Wenger, a specialist in failure? Yeah, well... I mean, I mean, I mean look, I'm not going to toot any horns here, but well, I am actually. Uh, Mourinho's, I think he's been sacked from, I think, all of his last like six jobs or something. Uh, I think we really know the uh, the specialist and failure really is. Well, I mean, he's got some sort of third year syndrome sort of thing going on when he gets sacked in the third year. But I mean, you can't call him a specialist in failure because when he was at the top of his game and when his 
style of play and stuff worked. He was unstoppable. Uh, I think times have changed and he hasn't adapted well at all to the game. And um, it shows because, yeah, his teams just can't, can't hack it anymore. Well, thank you for joining us again on Little Less Conversation. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. It's been quite an interesting conversation with our two guests, Amir and Tom. Uh, thanks to them both for joining us. Yeah, and uh, I know this is going to be hot topic of the of, uh, of the pod in the next few weeks, really. Now, um, so looking, seeing, look, well, looking forward, but you know, looking forward to see how. Well, I can't even say looking for. Oh, fucking hell, I'm not even saying looking forward. Uh, just going to see how this develops, really. Yeah, and uh, obviously we want to hear what you guys listening have to think as well. So hit us up on all the socials. Get in touch if you you want to come on the pod and give us your thoughts. And yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes. <laughs>